Warning, this podcast may contain graphic and triggering content. Please listen at your own risk. Each individual struggle is different and everyone's recovery and healing journey is different. Please reach out to a certified medical professional if you need help. Welcome to episode 31 of Stomp the Stigma, the podcast aimed to fight the stigma surrounding mental health through education, awareness, experiences, stories, resources, and the vulnerable truth. Joining me to stomp the stigma today is somebody that would like to remain anonymous in terms of her name, but she runs an Instagram page called She's Got Quiet BPD, and she's here to talk about her journey and her struggles with quiet BPD as well as complex PTSD. We get to dig into how she internalizes her emotions and attacks her own self through that quiet BPD. And then we also share and compare some stories and symptoms that we both have with BPD. I haven't met many other people that struggle in the same way that I do, so I was super excited to talk to her about what she goes through and see if our stories are similar. So we get into some of our symptoms and the assumptions and stigmas that people associate with BPD, as well as her coping mechanisms. This episode will shed a little bit of light on what it's like to live with BPD for those of you that don't know. I know this is one of those mental health conditions that doesn't get talked about very much. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I would love to have her back on again so we can compare even more stories. I'm so excited to meet you. Oh, I'm so excited to meet you. I guess to start off, I really want to thank you for joining me. Um, I want to say thank you for having me. Oh, of course. I just kind of um, stumbled across your page on Instagram, and I haven't met very many people that have BPD as well, so I'm super excited to hear kind of your story and and your journey and, and uh, compare some stories. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome because I haven't really heard of too many people um, before that have BPD before I uh, joined Instagram with my page and really started looking around honestly mm-hmm. and come to find out there's a huge community of people yeah isn't it crazy yeah so I I don't know anything about your story really or your journey um but you have quiet BPD and CPTSD right yeah I do yeah and, and it's good to finally know that yeah I think a lot of people, well, first of all, a lot of people have never heard of BPD to begin with, let alone quiet BPD. And PTSD yeah. you hear about in like veterans and things like that, but not in the average person. Yeah. Um, so can you explain for the people listening kind of what quiet BPD is and CPTSD compared to, I guess, BPD. Yeah, so quiet BPD is, I think it means uh, you have all the symptoms of BPD in general, but you just deal with it all internally. Like, Mm -hmm. um, my mood swings, I don't usually take out on people. It's really rare that I take it out on people. I usually just take it out on myself, and I, I split on myself a lot. Everything just, it sounds really narcissistic and selfish, but... I really just attack me. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so, uh, because I don't want to, 
I don't want to harm any of my loved ones or anybody that I come across. And I think my BPD just solely just attacks everything internally. Mm -hmm. Um, With CPTSD, I have experienced sexual abuse from the ages of five to six and sexual harassment um, until I was 18. So I think that has a lot to do with it. It's the environment that I was raised in was very rough. So I think that has a lot to do with it, too. It's kind of hard for me to describe it, honestly, without saying I think it's just a lot of fucked up shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. So do you kind of have, like, flashbacks to those traumatic events? Or how does that work for you, the PTSD part? Yeah, well, I will actually um, disassociate into an entire memory that's happened in the past and it's like I'm art you know it's like I'm in it and like it's happening mm-hmm. um but I don't say anything about it I think that's like what uh BPD kicking in and so I'm sitting there in the moment and I'm not conscious of anything around me I just feel like I'm in those moments of the past that really do trigger me like for example I'm from Seattle, Washington, so when I was in downtown, when I was there at the time, um, I was waiting for the train, because we have a little, we have a little uh, subway system we call the light rail, and so when I was waiting for the train, I didn't even see my train come by, it came by twice, and all I could feel was rage, because I was thinking about something else in the past, and I I kind of like came to, you know, it's kind of like, I kind of call them blackouts because I really do think that they're blackouts mm-hmm. because I'm not, I'm not conscious about anything around me. And so all I could feel was my fist was balled up. I just stood still in one position and I had missed two trains. Come to find out, I had just caught myself. I was literally thinking about pain from my past and it felt like I was a little girl again right there standing at that train station yeah wow wow so does that happen to you often like does that affect you kind of on a daily basis it does you know what thank you for asking that because it really does I found out like I would do that a lot at work when I was working um you know like nine to fives or working part-time and uh, shirt stores and all that um it would happen a lot and does the time that you black out for like the length of time does that change yeah I think it varies um there was one time when I was in it for like 10 minutes wow because my friend had been talking to me and she was like you know I've been talking to you for 10 minutes like are you okay and I was like I was not even here wow I really was not even here and yeah Wow. Does that freak you out? I feel like that would freak me out. It does sometimes. freak me out a little Yeah, it does freak me out a little bit. Now that I know it's a combination of BPD and CPTSD, mm-hmm. not so much, but it still does freak me out on occasions because, um, you know, I can be, I it can happen anywhere at any time. Mm-hmm. And your BPD, um, you kind of internalize everything. Uh, when you say yeah. that you kind of attack yourself, like physically or um like mentally how do like how does that manifest itself for you so for me it's mentally and emotionally yeah um it's rare nowadays that i self-harm but 
um, it really does stem from emotionally and mentally. Um, I mean, my BPD throws so much at me mentally. Like it'll, it'll talk so much mess to me and tell me every little thing I do is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just so violent in speech, you know, wow. and it's loud. Yeah. And I can be sitting somewhere and nobody can know that that's actually what's going on in my head, you know? Yeah. Because with quiet BPD, everybody thinks that, um, you know, you're normal, you're high functioning. I'm barely functioning. So <laughs> I don't know, really know where people get that, but yeah. Yeah. A lot of the kind of stereotype is that we kind of put on a smile put on a face for everyone else yeah so when you're kind of attacking yourself does that show on your face has anyone told you that before like can you tell when that's yeah happening? sometimes it will yeah sometimes it will and sometimes it won't it really depends on i think is a memory that i'm in yeah like how extreme it is that is so interesting now I'm yeah, really questioning is. my own, <laughs> questioning my own BPD, whether it's like more internal. I think it's like both. Yeah. I don't, yeah. So do you remember kind of like the beginning when, or like when you first started realizing that you were having these mental health concerns, like when that first started for you? Yeah. So I started, I didn't know it was BPD at the time. Yeah. Um, when I was about, I think, eight or nine, I started noticing that I, one, would keep a lot of things in, but, sorry, I just completely blanked out, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> that right there, I would do that right there. Um, but I realized I was numbing myself from the sexual abuse that I had endured because I remember somebody saying something about molestation and I felt tears down my face Yeah, and I didn't know why. I didn't know why that word triggered me so much, but I knew the definition. I just had numbed myself to the point of, um, I, you know, I didn't experience it. Wow. Did it take you a long time to get kind of diagnosed? Oh, it took a long time. It took a really long time. Yeah. Um, they said it was depression at first. Yeah. They said it was anxiety at first. Um, my mom has always tried to tell me that I was bipolar. So she's like unofficially diagnosed me all the time. Mm-hmm. And she's tried to tell mental health professionals whenever I would seek help that I am bipolar. So, And what sucks is when you're a kid, a lot of the therapists that I saw, they would most they would mostly believe my mom. Oh, they wow. wouldn't really they wouldn't really allow me to have a voice. I think that's a big misconception. Um, when a lot of people hear that you have BPD, they just assume that you're bipolar, and it's it's totally different. So many people do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People hear. Um, personality disorder and it's just automatically associated with being bipolar which I really don't like because I don't think that I'm bipolar at all I mean there's obviously similarities yeah but yeah that bothers me a lot and they also associate personality disorders 
with that one movie that I keep forgetting the name of, but I've watched a million times. <laughs> yeah. The name of that. There, there's a movie because it was based on a book of this woman who actually experienced it. Maybe one of the listeners will know. And they'll, they'll start screaming as soon as they hear. <laughs> Okay. Which I don't know why I'm not using Google Foo. <laughs> easily look that up. Girl Interrupted. They always associate BPD with Girl Interrupted. And I don't know Girl if you've seen that movie. I'm gonna have to but, look this up. Um, it, it's, it's definitely triggering. I can tell you that. But everybody associates it with Girl Interrupted. Yeah, I'm curious what they um, kind of portray BPD as. That would be interesting. Also, the main. T- it was kind of weird because, like, the main character, she didn't strike me as somebody that had BPD. Yeah. Honestly, I think she was. I think she was honestly just depressed, like heavily depressed. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. She just, I couldn't relate to her, as far as BPD went. You know. Oh, interesting. But at the same time, everybody's BPD is different. So. True. Yeah. Yeah. Was there ever a time for you when you were kind of, like, ashamed of it or embarrassed of it and just kept it all to yourself? Or is that is it still kind of like that? Like, do you share that with other people very often? I don't share that with a lot of people yeah. outside of Instagram, outside of our community. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't have a lot of knowledge on BPD or they already have some sort of... Um, you know, preconceived notion about it. Mm-hmm. So I honestly don't want to educate them all the time. And it sucks to say, but I, I live it every day. Yeah. And I don't think I have the energy to carry that or to create space for that yeah. a lot of times. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think a lot of people, they don't know how to handle that information. Like they'll say... yeah. They'll say that they're they're there for you and they want to support you, but as soon as you tell them or give them all of this heavy information, then it's too much and they don't want anything to do with it. And so it's not something that you Yeah, if around. it's outside of the scope of depression or anxiety, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with you on that. I really do agree with you on that. It's really hard for me to tell other people just because I know they won't fully understand. If they want to understand, like, I applaud them. But um, in that case, I will tell them that if you could please just Google it in the moment, because it could be just too triggering for me to even describe. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like your whole identity either. It's not like I meet somebody and I'm like, hey, I'm Alana and I have BPD. Like, it's not something you just throw out there when you're meeting somebody. But at the same time, I'm not yeah, because like, as soon as you throw that out, oh, they look at you so weird, and it's like <laughs> I was the same person five minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. And I'm not embarrassed to talk about it or ashamed to talk about it. It's just people associate that with like your entire identity as soon as you put it out there. Yeah, yeah, they definitely do. Or they tell you, uh, you you can't possibly have quiet BPD. That's not a thing. Or, um. You know, mm-hmm. you're. I, I've never seen you. I've never seen you do anything. Yeah, that's BPD related. And I'm like, well, because I have quiet BPD, so everything is eternal. Yeah, that would make sense. That's the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> quiet BPD. You know. Yeah, people. You can't see it, but I can. 
Yes. People look at me and they're like, oh, you're so outgoing. You're so happy all the time. Like, there's no way you can have depression or be people yeah. or be struggling mentally. I'm like, yep. <laughs> like, yeah, here I am. <laughs> yeah. People say that about me, too. They're like, you are just too, you are too chill. <laughs> exactly. To have anything wrong with you. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> yep. This is so nice to talk to somebody that, like, fully understands yeah it is so enlightening and it is such a relief to talk about because you know we carry this weight every day and we can't really talk about it yeah yeah it's not the same but it's good to to do yeah oh absolutely was there kind of a low point for you in your journey when you realized that you needed help or kind of a turning point when you decided that you were gonna take control and like not let it um or not let your illnesses kind of define you yeah actually it was last year (laughs) it was last year um because i knew something was wrong i knew something was wrong but i didn't have a name to it yet yeah but i i knew something was there and i really wanted to explore what it was because the suicidal ideations just got louder. Um, I was so depressed. I didn't want to leave the house. I mean, we were in the pandemic anyway, which was, I mean, pretty awesome for my depression because she was like, you're not going anywhere anyway. So, I mean, what's the point? But it was to the point where I didn't even want to go to the store. I would have groceries delivered to my house because it was so hard for me to get up every time I would get up the intrusive thoughts just came back tenfold. And it was to the point where I was even feeling physical pain sometimes, like in my stomach. Oh, wow. And I would actually get um, migraines, too, because Mm -hmm. it was just, it's so much going on at once. It's not even just intrusive thoughts. It's me splitting on myself. It's mood swings. it's, It's a lot happening at one time. Yeah, I used to get migraines all the time to the point where as soon as I got one I had to go to sleep otherwise I would throw up yeah and light affected me noise affected me like I couldn't do anything yeah I would get so overstimulated with everything Mm -hmm. like you were saying lights and and all that like you know the tv could be too loud yeah it was pretty bad yeah and I think that was just my turning point for me in that I really need to get some help. And what sucked was that um, I was trying to get some help. And again, they were trying to misdiagnose me. Oh, wow. And I was like, I know I don't have bipolar. This woman actually tried to diagnose me on the phone with our initial meeting, which was crazy to me. I was like, I have never seen that in a therapist before. <laughs> Like, yeah, how can you even do that? And this is what she said. This is exactly what she said to me. She said, I've had 26 years of experience. So I know what I'm talking about. She said, you probably have schizophrenia, multiple personality disorder and bipolar disorder. I said, I don't feel any of those. Oh my <laughs> like, gosh. I really don't feel any of those. 
and I'm trying to tell you I don't feel any of those. So, and I was like, what makes you think it's not BPD? And she said, well, because you're not sleeping. And I was like, well, people with BPD, they have sleep problems too. Mm Mm-hmm. So my mind kind of played a trick on me, and it was like, well, maybe you are bipolar. Oh, my God. Maybe, of course, it's friending. Maybe you do have multiple personality disorder. But I was like, you know, I don't, I don't talk to numerous people. I don't think there's numerous people living within me. Everything that happens to me happens at a much faster rate. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think I'm schizophrenic. So, Wow. So you weren't um, diagnosed with BPD until quite recently then? Yeah, it was it was last year that I was diagnosed. But I've had therapists this year try and, you know, like, diagnose me again. Saying, you know, it's, it can't possibly be BPD because of this, this, and this. And I'm like, no, I know it's BPD. I'm just trying to get help from you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Like, that's... That's it. Yeah. So when you were diagnosed, was there like um, this sense of relief knowing, like actually knowing what it was and not kind of wondering? Oh my God, yeah. Label you in in the wrong ways? Yeah, it was, it was awesome to finally know that it was BPD. When I finally knew and I finally got my diagnosis. Um, I went on the internet and I looked at every single article I could find. It's just I was looking at every sim- single symptom and reading other people's stories, the, the few that I found. And sure enough, I matched with all of it. Wow. And I felt such a relief that I could relate. Yeah. That I finally had a name to what was going on. Because before then, I thought I was just a horrible person. I thought I was a terrible person for acting the ways in the ways that I did when I was a kid, and moving on into middle school and high school. And yeah, I definitely get that. There was such a relief. I remember reading articles with other people describing what they've been through, and I was like, "Wow, it's like you're in my." head and we are so similar and it just yeah yeah then you're not alone no not in the slightest and ever since I started writing on Instagram um that's been such a great outlet for me but it's now something that I know that I I have to do because so many so many people relate yeah and so many people need that that sense of community while we're trying to recover I didn't think I would get that many people telling me every day, oh my God, I thought I was the only one. That's the main thing again. I thought I was the only one. Because at some point, I thought I was the only one too. Yep. So when you're having a moment of that internal BPD, how do you know that that is the BPD talking versus something else? Oh, this is, this, this is a great question. I know because I'll try and change my career within a week. I will try and change it so fast. Everything I am doing is out the window. And I have to, you know, I have to be um, anything. 
anything that I see that mildly interests me for a week straight, I will dive into. Wow. And then after that week, I will feel such a depression because it didn't work out. But after like a day or two, I realized, okay, that was your VPD. That, that was happening. So have you acted on that before? Have you like changed yeah, your career? Actually, yes. <laughs> All the time. Oh, wow. All the time. Yeah, it was, it was wild. I mean, I, I went through CNA school because I had it in my mind that I was going to be a nurse. My family really pushed that on me too. But at one point, it was, I mean, this sounds, this will sound funny to a lot of people outside of the BPD community or outside of uh, any mental illness, but it's shows that I watch. Mm-hmm. When I watch shows, let's say Grey's Anatomy, I'm thinking, oh my God, this is it. Like, I found my passion. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do right there. I'm going to work in a hospital. I'm going to become a doctor. I'm going to become a nurse first and then a doctor. I will have a fully detailed, laid out plan. And there have been so many times, let me tell you, that I have actually applied to colleges in that same week. And I will get in in that same week. <laughs> wow. Yeah, everything is sped up. That's crazy. Yeah. It is it is a wild ride. <laughs> I think I'm kind of similar in the sense that I get bored super easily. So I'm always doing something new. But That's it right there. Yeah. I've never yeah. gone as far as like changing my career, but in other things, I'm always doing something new. I can't just sit still ever. Yeah. Okay, I wanna. Yeah, I, wanna... I can't. I can't sit still with something either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I can barely sit still long enough to watch a movie. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you for saying that because <laughs> I tell people all the time, I can't watch movies. Yeah. I, I cannot watch movies. But a lot of times, it's dangerous for me to watch a movie because you're you don't realize you're sitting there for two hours and you know, somebody with BPD could really absorb the personality of whichever character that they like, which Mm -hmm. I have done. And I will watch the movie over and over and over again and adapt and just adapt it. You know, I've even, I think what also showed me that it was BPD was when I would, when I realized my favorite people would be celebrities. I don't follow celebrity news in the slightest, but if I have a favorite person that is a celebrity, I will become so obsessive. And it sucks because I feel like I have no control over it. I mean, I will I will look at, I will get on Pinterest and make Pinterest boards um, of their outfits. I will go on YouTube and watch interviews um, and, like, learn them. It's it's really scary when that happens (laughs) because I feel like I don't have a lot of control over myself. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to kind of rapid-fire some BPD-specific kind of characteristics, and I want to see if you kind of experience the same thing that I do. Okay. super curious. Okay. 
Okay, when you're in like a room full of people, it could be friends or family, people that you're close to, do you ever feel like completely alone, even though you're surrounded by people who yeah. love you? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I do. A lot. And I can't be I can't be in a large group a lot anymore unless um everybody calls it the god complex but i call it the goddess complex because why not (laughs) um when i'm in my goddess complex i can be around the whole group but it still kind of feels like i'm not there yeah you know it's weird it's like i'm 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 there but i'm not yeah it's kind of like you're in this room full of people that care about you and want you there but you feel like you have nobody to talk to and nobody really wants you there so you're kind of like all alone yeah yeah, or it's not it's not the right time to bring it up, bring up that I'm not feeling too well. You know, like, because yeah, yeah. you don't want to ruin what's happening or, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. that. I definitely feel that a lot. Yeah, that's hard to explain to people that don't feel it, but, oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's, in, it's intense. It's intense because when you start to, when you start to feel it, it's like, I don't know if you feel this too, I feel everybody's energy in the room. I just feel everything all at once, and it just becomes too much. Mm-hmm. I think I I kind of convince myself that nobody really wants me there for some reason, and that I'm just so out of place and I don't belong there, even though it's people that. That's how I feel. That's how I feel too. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's people that you've known forever, you know, people who who yeah. absolutely love you. Yeah and care for you. I feel that too. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about kind of feeling emotionless or empty or just numb and feeling nothing sometimes? Yeah. I think, um, when I come out of that, you know, that week of trying to try to find myself, right. Mm -hmm. When I come out of that week, I think that's when it hits the hardest. Yeah. Even just losing, I feel like I lose a sense of empathy sometimes when you hear you hear about a tragic situation or something and I just don't feel anything towards it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not that we don't care, it's just we can't right now we can't feel what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's really hard. Yeah. Um okay, we kinda talked about when it just all of a sudden hits you like a ton of bricks and you can't even get out of bed. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll have that happen sometimes when I like, right when I wake up. Yeah. And it's it's like, I haven't even started my day, you know, and already I feel like I can't get out of bed. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't know why it happens like first thing in the morning, but it also hits me like in the middle of the day sometimes. Like I'll have a great morning and then, like, after lunch or something, it'll hit me, and I'm like, okay, I need I need to go lay down and do absolutely nothing. I love that you said that, because I think there's there's just a time limit for me, too, where I can be somewhat okay before that hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know how that works. It just, there's no timing. It's just, it just happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it could be three hours, sometimes it could be six hours. When it hits, though, it hits. Yeah. I think as I 
am understanding more and more like what's happening to me what helps me through all my coping mechanisms and stuff like that those moments happen to me less frequently but I remember I want to say a couple months ago I had such a great morning I had lunch and then all of a sudden it hit me and I remember laying in bed and just staring like at the ceiling for like six hours and doing absolutely nothing because I had no energy to even move Wow. What about... Uh, I've been there. Yeah. I have been there. You are not alone. <laughs> what about... Okay, for me, being around other people um, boosts my mood. Um, feeling like somebody wants me around, it just it makes everything better. But at the same time, when I'm in one of those slumps, I just want to be alone. Um, yeah. Even though I know that I kind of need other people. It's, it's kind of like yeah. self-sabotage. It, it, it definitely is. I feel you there because I, when I want to be out and around people, I don't want them to necessarily know me. Mm-hmm. I just want to be out. Yeah. Because most of the time, I want to be alone because it's just too much going on when I'm around other people. Yeah. You know, because I, I could split on myself at any moment. So when I'm walking, that's why I love... I love visiting any downtown area, um, especially especially like places like downtown Seattle, because you just get lost in wherever you're at. You can walk wherever, and you know it's like nobody actually. No, I like that nobody wants to get to know me in that moment, <laughs> because oh, in those yeah. moments I don't even know me sometimes. Oh, I like that. But I know I need to be around other other people that are breathing you know i need to hear another heartbeat yeah i also get like wanting to be alone but then you kind of secretly hope that somebody will reach out and just like magically know that you're that you need somebody in that moment yeah yeah even though it's not how it works oh my god yeah (laughs) yeah that's why yeah and you know most of the times it's with a romantic relationship this from my experience you know I did that very heavy with my ex but I'm like coming to find out now that I think my ex was my favorite person and so I had I had a really unhealthy attachment yeah I definitely understand that I think that's why I'm such a huge supporter of just reaching out to people if you if they pop into your head or you're thinking about them just sending them a message to say hey I'm thinking about you or just say hi or like check in I think that's huge for people like us if somebody sends me a message like that like that is amazing for me oh yeah it it lightens up my whole day yeah yeah and I have to do it fast too or I'll forget just as fast Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I I think that my brain uh moves so quickly that I just, I forget things so easily. I don't know if you get that. Yeah. That happens to me, too. Yeah, I just that definitely all over the place. Yeah, because, I mean, it's funny. Like, anybody could tell me, you know, hey, can you go, for example, hey, can you go get me that pen? And I'll be like, yeah, I will walk in the direction of the pen, and I will stand there, and I'll forget exactly what I was doing. Yes. Oh, yep. Yeah. I get that, like, when I'm trying to fall asleep. My brain is just jumping all over the place, 
thinking about everything. Yeah. And so... Yeah, sleep be, for me is hard. Yeah, I can be exhausted and I'm like, okay, I'm ready for bed. But then as soon as I get into bed, I just, I can't fall asleep because of my, I'm just thinking about everything and I can't stop it. Yeah, oh my God, yes. <laughs> I go through that so often. And it's good. I mean, I, I hate that you go through it too, but it's good to know that somebody else actually experiences that. Yeah. Um, because it sucks. Because, you know, you look up and you're like, I'm going to go to sleep at like 10. I'm going to do it. And then you look up, it's 5 a.m. Yeah. And you don't know how the hell you did that. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. It took me a while to kind of realize the characteristics that are related to BPD and that are not normal for other people. Like, it took me a very long time to realize that. Yeah. Okay, um, you mentioned intrusive thoughts before, which I get all the time. I can be just driving, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, what would happen if I, like, cross the, the center line into the other traffic? Or what if I just, like, rear-ended this car in front of me? Or I just want to, like, break stuff and see what happens, or, like, pull a fire alarm and see what happens. Yeah. Like, I don't know where that comes from, but it just... They just pop into my head all the time. It just, it happens. It happens so fast, too. And um, two examples, my first one being when I was in sixth grade, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to ride on this desk. And I just, in the middle middle of my teacher talking, I was just drawing on the desk. Yeah. You know, and I... I didn't know why, and my teacher pulled me out of the room, and she was furious. She was like, you know, and I was like, well, because I didn't know. I, I, until you said something, I honestly didn't know I acted on it. Yeah. And another example being, um, this is why I don't have my license yet, because of those intrusive thoughts, and also I'll disassociate in the middle of the road. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'll have those blackouts in the middle of the road, and it's it's very dangerous. It is very dangerous for me. Um, I definitely want to learn how to drive, but I think I need to be in a more of a walkable city again yeah. because of, because of that. Because it's, it's I don't think people really understand that that BPD can really make you do things like that. Can make you black out. Can make you can make you out of touch with reality a lot of times. Yeah. That's crazy that you brought up drawing on the desk. That just brought back memories for me of taking a Sharpie and drawing on the bricks on the outside of um, my elementary school. When yeah, I okay. Yeah, I did the exact same thing. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> see, see, I love that we have these open and honest discussions because things like that happen, you know. And we start to really is a lot more and feel less alone because these things these things really do happen with people with bpd like us yeah oh yeah you know and i think it's important to talk about it because some at least somebody won't feel alone and it lets somebody else know hey you know i i also have experienced the same thing too yeah yeah i really hope that other people listening that maybe have bpd or understand or can relate to what we've gone through, like, definitely don't feel so alone. 
yeah, I hope that they can look at those experiences and, and not try and attack themselves for it. Because yeah. another thing that comes with BPD that I found out was a part of BPD is extreme shame and guilt. Yep. That is one thing I have struggled with for so long. Yeah, I have too. Um, I feel like a huge burden a lot of the time to the people around me. Yeah. Even if I know that they care about me. Um, yeah, and even though you know that you're not, you still feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, I just never want to... That's the thing, when I'm having like a bad mental health day, I don't really want to reach out to somebody because I feel like I'm such a burden to them by putting this on them. But at the same time, you like you, you need to talk it out with somebody. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely feel you there. Okay, one more that I had written down um, is a changing sense of self or self-worth or um, self-confidence. Like, I will go from being so confident in myself, feeling like on top of the world, to just shitting on myself. I don't know if you get that. Um, but the way that I feel about myself changes uh, oh all the time. Oh, God, yeah. That happens all the time for me. Yeah. There's so many, but, I mean, those are just a few. Was there any other, like, specific ones that you, or that come to mind for you? That is a really good question, because there's so much, but I, and I'm trying to name a few. Yeah, it's you know? hard. It's, it's really weird, because every, it's, you know, everybody's BPD is different. Everybody's. Um, I think. I think the big, just the biggest thing for me is whenever I'm going through that career change. Yeah. It's. I think what it has to do is it's not only boredom; it's extreme emptiness. Yeah. It is extreme emptiness that if I am not, um, you know, if I am not in a career. Like, within a week, you know, if I don't have my doctorate within a week, what the fuck am I doing, right? It's like, <laughs> that's not possible. <laughs> like, yeah, that is not possible at all. Like, where do these things come from? But then I think, I think a lot of people don't really understand that, you know, when we're talking about the differences between bipolar and BPD, BPD is stress-induced, you know. BPD is really stress-induced from multiple traumas, which is what I have gone through pretty much my entire life. Mm -hmm. Whenever you zone out, do you, um, can you see your surroundings? No. Mm -mm. I can't either. I can't either. Uh, no, not at all. I, I don't really know. I, no, my mind and my imagination kind of goes to wherever I'm thinking about. Yeah. Okay. I don't know where I am. Yeah. Like, I I mean, it's good to hear you say that because that happens to me frequently. Yeah. Like, I I can't, I I just can't see where I am. (laughs) It sounds weird, but it it definitely does happen. I, um, I've never really called it zoning out, but that's probably a better way to put it. I, I guess I, um, I daydream a lot. And so I'll, I'll be sitting there. And I'll be, like, in this totally different place thinking about something. 
that maybe didn't happen, but like, it's like a dream when you're awake and I'm yeah. just like in this whole other world. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know it's, it's definitely a disassociation too, but sometimes mm-hmm. I think I just, I will, I will zone out so bad. Yeah. Wow. This is so crazy. <laughs> and similarities are wild. Yeah. Like I know that Wild in a good way. <laughs> it's different for everyone, but yeah, there's some things that are very similar. Yeah. Which is very comforting. Yeah. It is so comforting. It is so comforting. Yeah. Because if you try and explain this to anybody else that doesn't have BPD, kind of look at you really weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, well, I'm, you asked, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's hard for people to process when they have, when they can't really really understand how it feels. I'm curious about your um, coping mechanisms. Like, obviously, everybody's characteristics and situation is different. So I'm curious, like, what has helped you through it? Oh, that's a great question. Definitely writing. Definitely writing on Instagram and just writing in general Um, and talking with you know like you and everybody a part of our community that um is following me and that reaches out or i'll just reach out to them and just just talking yeah just talking to them talking to somebody that gets it um and then aside from that i think another big coping mechanism with me it's kind of it's kind of like i'm walking on a thin wire with this one but i'll go on tiktok and i'll look up bpd tiktoks oh interesting. i will i will look and try and see everybody that has experienced it because it makes me feel less alone. But I have to be careful because sometimes those things can trigger me. Like I can be on, it's not just TikTok. I'll go on Pinterest and Tumblr and I'll type in BPD. Uh, just anything under any type of hashtag with BPD that I can find and just read people's experiences and like even reaching out and talking to some people sometimes. I'm on Reddit too. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Reddit is Reddit is a pretty awesome place. You can't get lost in Reddit though, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can see how that would help though. Just talking to people that also understand what you're going through and not feeling so alone. Yeah, that would be huge. Yeah. And I, I want to say reading books, but it's hard for me to pick up a book and read it a lot of times because I will start thinking about something else yeah immediately i'll start thinking about something else the words become blurry i can look at the i can look yeah. at one page for five minutes and not know what i've been reading so oh my i want to say reading but i can't i i do the exact same thing i can't read because i can read a whole page and be thinking about something else and have no clue what i just read so then i have to go back and reread like multiple times until I actually am able to focus on what I'm reading because I just zone out so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and like, I was really good at reading when I was, you know, throughout school. I was really good at reading and writing. That was like my top, language arts was like my top thing. Mm-hmm. But even back then, I would realize I would have to reread so much because, and I would overly take notes. Because if I didn't, I would not know what I just read. Yeah, I do too. Have your coping mechanisms changed as you yourself have changed, like over time? Yeah. 
yeah, they have. They definitely have. Because um, I've noticed what's unhealthy and what's not. You know, mm-hmm. like, um, if I'm in a downtown area, I know that I should not go into a bar. I know that I should not go into my favorite stores because I will impulsively buy everything. So I have to, I have to just go with like one, one intention and it's just, just walk, you know, it's just to walk and also to buy like, you know, maybe one beverage, like a hot chocolate or, or something like that or juice or something and just walk with that. Mm. Yes. I, I love that you said that impulsive spending for me uh is huge yeah it is huge for me too sometimes i i just can't control it for some reason you just buy stuff that you don't even need yeah or it's or you buy stuff for other people yes oh i do that so much yeah yeah i i will i will um if i'm not buying something for me because I rarely buy anything for me. I noticed I buy a lot of things for other people in my life. Impulsively, too. Yeah. Like, it is summertime right now. I wanted to impulsively buy a rain jacket. Because in Seattle, it rains a lot. And it's cold. And I wanted to buy him a really durable rain jacket. And I was so close to doing it. And what kind of popped me back in reality is he said, oh, it's summertime. <laughs> So I was like, wow, okay, that was that was my BP talking. So then I'll buy you one for Christmas when it's appropriate. So Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. Yeah. I I'll buy things for other people and then I'm like, why am I buying this now? But then I kind of rationalize it and I'm like, oh, I'll keep this for Christmas or their birthday or whatever. And then I just have shit in my house for so yeah, long. Yeah. There's just so much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, my gosh, it's terrible on my end, too. <laughs> like, it is, it is a lot. It is a lot of stuff. Wow. Or, you know, what's worse is that I will tell people that I'm going to buy so many things for them, right? I'm sending you a box. I'm going to send you a box full of stuff. And I have it all in my cart. And then all of a sudden, I will disassociate and not know where the hell I'm at and forget that I was even doing that in the first place. And I've had to apologize to so many people in my life. Like, hey, I, I don't know why I did that. Like, you will have a box, but I don't know why I just did that. Oh, wow. That's so interesting to me. Yeah, it is really interesting. I'm like, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> damn. So now that you kind of understand more of what you're going through and looking back over your whole journey, is there any advice that you would... Um, give to your younger self or any advice that you wish that somebody would have gave you when you were going through everything? Yeah, I would have told myself to continue to stand my ground with um, the fact that I know something is wrong, but I don't have a name to it yet. You know, I wish I stood my ground more on that because I've had a lot of people misdiagnose me. And that even though I have made mistakes, because I've made a lot of mistakes um, in a lot of relationships I've been, romantic or just friendship, where even I have, you know, screwed people over and I really, I I did not know half of the time what I was doing, you know. Um, I would tell myself to then take it slow and really kind of 
kind of just try to be more aware of what you're doing and that even though you hurt those people you're gonna be okay you can't feel the shame and guilt forever own up to it more you know uh, because it's hard it's hard when you I don't know kind of wake up and see all you know all the destruction that you caused with BPD because you didn't know that was it yeah so I would I would probably tell myself to to not feel so so shameful and guilty and, and keep that with with me. Yeah. And that it's completely it's even though these things aren't normal, it's normal for somebody to be diagnosed with BPD if they have all the symptoms. And that it's okay. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Okay, I want to talk about your Instagram page. Um, okay. Which is called She's Got Quiet BPD. Um, I yeah, love I it. Yeah, thank God that name was available. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, you share just like little details about your your journey and what happens to you on a daily basis. And I think so many people can relate to it. So I love it. I love what you're doing. I think it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I love everything that you're doing with your podcast and your page. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. You're so welcome. I'm wondering, like, what made you start that page in the first place? I was in a low place when I started that page. Yeah. And I said, I know I just have to write. I just, I want to encourage people. I want to uplift people. I want to create a space where people feel safe unless they don't feel judged i wanted to create a space that i would i would hang out in yeah you know to where if if my bpd was acting up i knew to go there you know and so started this page i didn't think i really didn't think anybody would read my writing i didn't think anybody would read my posts i just thought okay i'm on instagram i'm i'm here and so many people started hitting me up and saying, just saying thank you. It was definitely eye-opening for me. It, was, um, it boosted my confidence in my writing again because I know that um, I want to take it a step further. And just for as long as I'm breathing, I, I definitely want to keep helping people with my or like even talking about it. You know, I know one day I want to write, I want to write some about it my experiences with BPD and, and all that, you know, because not a lot, you know, what really, what really triggered me in those few weeks of me having my Instagram was that I went to Barnes Nobles and I went to the, they have a really small mental health section. They have a very small mental health section. And I saw that there weren't a lot of books about BPD. There were just a lot of books. There were workbooks, yes, which is great that there are workbooks. But a lot of the books that were there for BPD were to help, you know, like a family member or a spouse that has to help, you know, that has a family member or, you know, a, a partner with BPD. It was really to help them, which they need help too, that's fine. But I never saw anybody's, like, experience. And that was hard for me. That was really hard for me to see. And so I just took to Instagram even harder and I was like, screw it. I mean, this will this right now will be my book. This will be my open book that people can it's awesome that people can interact with. 
that people can see and so they don't feel alone. Oh, I love that. I love that. I can't wait for you to write a book, too. That's going to be amazing. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. I'm trying I'm trying to keep talking myself into it. You know, I'm trying to continue to talk myself into it. Yeah, I would um, totally read when that When it book. drops, I, I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. Yes, keep me posted. Yeah, because there really aren't a lot. Yeah. I will. I, I sure will. So do you have kind of, um, like, any goals for that page or where you want it to go? Or you're just going to keep writing and just see where it takes you? Yeah, I want it to, you know, I actually want to really grow it out. I, I want it to reach as many people that I possibly can. Yeah. And for now, I really just want to make it my, my life's work. You know, we don't know how many, it's scary, so we don't know we're going to go. Yeah. Right. Even without BPD, that this is something I want to do. This is something I want to pursue. This is because it's not—it's not like it's impossible. We have the power of the internet now. <laughs> you know, we have the power of the internet to reach anybody, anywhere. So I—I want—I just want to keep writing on there. I want to—I want to drop books. But you know, as far as my Instagram goes, my platforms online, I just want to reach as many people as I can because that means that I can help so many people. Oh, I love that so much. And if that makes me an Instagram writer, that makes me an Instagram writer. Hey, I mean, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, I have one last question for you that I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. Okay. Um, is there a stigma or a misconception surrounding mental health that bothers you the most or that you hear most often but isn't true? Yeah, the, the main stigma that I absolutely hate is people think that we are just insane without even getting to know us, without even getting to know our mental illness. They think we're immediately insane and that we need to go be institutionalized as soon as possible. It's like, no, it's, it's not the case, <laughs> like, you know, all the time. But yeah, I feel like, I feel like people need to have some more knowledge on a lot of mental illnesses, especially with BPD, because it's it's still a, a pretty fresh mental illness in a lot of people's minds. Yeah, you know, because it's not talked about as much, which I wish it was. But that you know, that's what we're doing with our platforms. We're also educating people, yes. so they can see what it's actually like. And they don't have to rely on, um, you know, just rely on word of mouth what other people have said about it that don't even have it okay well that is all the questions that I had for you was there anything else that you wanted to bring up that we didn't touch on yes actually yes you will notice in my tiktok videos I sound different than what I sound like right now and I think that has a lot to do with BPD I don't it's something I can't figure out and I don't know if you go through it too but my voice will change sometimes Oh, and I don't know why. I don't know if my voice changes. Maybe, but yeah, I, I, it's it's weird. <laughs> I I don't know. Like like everybody has uh, I don't know like their phone voice and their like speaking voice and whatever. So I don't. Yeah. But I don't know if I have like a different voice. I, I've never noticed, but that's so interesting. Yeah, that was something that I noticed early on, because I would 
I would try and understand why I sound different to so many people. And it's something I cannot control. I don't feel like I have, like I'm talking to anybody else. You know, I don't feel like there's multiple people around me. I don't feel like I have multiple personalities. This will change. I'm the same person, but my voice will change. Very weird. Very weird. And I don't know why. Yeah, that kind of scares me about, that's what kind of scared me initially about doing TikTok. Because I can see it right now. It's it's kind of freaky. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's kind of crazy. But cool. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna have to go look you up on TikTok now and and see what your voice sounds like. I'll, I'll definitely send you. I'll send it to you, and you'll see the difference. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. okay. I, if anybody that's listening that has PD goes through the same exact thing as me in that in that sense, you're definitely not alone. But I I don't know why it happens. So uh, hopefully we can figure it out one day. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Okay, well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, this has been so great to compare stories. Oh, thank you. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for being so raw and open and just vulnerable with me. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for being here. You know, thank you for providing me with a, a platform to stand on and, and share my story and speak my truth and for us to not only help each other but help whoever is listening and i'm a big fan of your podcast i love this podcast so much thank you so much oh you're welcome and i would love to be back whenever you would have me because that's just how much i love it i was just gonna say that i definitely want to have you back Thank you so much for tuning in today. Feel free to reach out at any time. You can contact me on Instagram and Facebook at StompTheStigmaYYC, and you can email me at StompTheStigmaYYC at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. And if you or someone you know would like to come on, I would love to have you share your story, speak your truth, and together we can stomp the stigma.